So I think everybody, no matter how well you're doing as an on-air personality, needs to line some things up and have some things ready just in case the worst case scenario happens. So first and foremost, get a website. Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. What a lot of radio station websites are doing is they have that slideshow on the homepage. I hate that slideshow. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing I would like to just ban from the radio industry, it is the slideshow on the homepage. First of all, nobody's sticking around long enough to see multiple slides. It's terrible from the listener's point of view. So my first suggestion is pull out that slideshow and treat that space like a billboard by the highway. Brandwith On Demand, rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the mediamorphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. Our guest this time is a 25-year broadcast vet who's worked on air and behind the scenes in programming and markets ranging from Providence, St. Louis, Seattle, Boston, New York City. He's done it. He's also done radio in Silicon Valley before crossing into online marketing. Now, Seth Ressler is known as the digital dot connector for Jacobs Media. Seth works with broadcasters across the U.S., helping them design and implement action plans that combine all their online assets and their radio brands. And that includes websites, social media, email marketing, content marketing, SEO, lead generation, and other online tools so necessary to success today. And even more vital tomorrow is Brandwood On Demand is proud to welcome back the guy who sees where the radio industry is going and actually helps us get there, too. Seth Ressler. Hey, Seth. Hey. hey, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. Thanks for doing this. One thing is you follow media and audience patterns on so many levels. You're tracking things all six ways from Sunday. What are some of the biggest changes or takeaways you've seen since we last connected here? Boy, big changes or takeaways. I'll tell you something that I'm excited about. I think it's going to impact media eventually. I don't think that it has yet. You know, that if you look at the internet over the last 30 something years, I think one of the real big stories has been the increased availability for the general everyday person to have these publishing tools. Once upon a time, if you wanted to reach a mass audience, you needed to have a radio tower, you needed to have a television studio, you needed to have a printing press, things that were big and expensive and also took a lot of specialization in terms of knowledge to know how to use. And now mm-hmm. anybody on the street with smartphone and an internet connection can really publish something that can go around the world. And so I think that's been a big trend and it's meant that there's just a lot more competition for eyeballs and earballs and all that kind of stuff. But also that there's been some upside to it. It's given voice to a lot of people who maybe didn't have voice before, but also there's just a lot of low quality content out there. So that's been something that we've been watching happening. I think during the pandemic, one of the things that we've seen is the rise and popularization of almost a new class of digital tools. Whereas what we were seeing before was these publishing tools. Now we're starting to see, I guess what you would call community tools, things that allow people to uh, really build communities and create communities. And some of this was there before the pandemic, but became widely used. And so the idea is before what we've been doing is creating content and hoping that we would attract an audience. Hopefully people like our content and come to us and you can talk to the audience and they can maybe talk back to you a little bit. Maybe they can send you an email or something, but not really, not at scale or in any meaningful way. And the audience members can't talk to each other. Now, 
We've got a new set of tools, things like Zoom, things like Facebook groups, things like Slack channels, things like these uh, communities that you can build with Mighty Networks or all that kind of stuff, virtual event software. And so now what you're doing is not creating content, you're creating a space and you're letting people gather in those spaces And when they gather in those spaces, not only can you talk to them and they can talk to you, but now they can talk to each other. And that really becomes about building community. And I think community is fundamentally different from an audience. And so I think you're going to start to see over the next 10 years, media companies really embrace that notion of how do we build a community? How do we create a place where our audience members can talk to each other and really take advantage of that? Seth, recently you had a great blog post about how stations, podcasts, even personality brands can conduct a usability test for their brand's website. We link to the blog post in our show notes. What are some of the no-brainer tests, Seth, that Websites are missing, and what's the one thing that you recommend that may not be in your post, as a matter of fact? Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about what a website usability test is, because it's a little different than the research that radio is used to doing. Yeah. We're all used to perceptual research or call-out research or things like that. This is basically trying to answer the question, how do people use our website? And really, what is that experience like? Is it a positive experience? Is it easy for them? Do they get frustrated? And if there are points at which they get frustrated when using our websites, and by the way, you can also use usability tests on mobile apps, so it's a little trickier. But when they do have that user experience with the website, what are the pain points and how can we fix them and figure them out? And it's a little bit of a different test. This is not a down to the decimal point scientific test. This is a smack yourself in the head and, oh boy, why didn't we think of that (laughs) kind of test? You're just looking for the sort of the top line, oh, this is giving people a problem. Let's change it. And so what we do, and by the way, the process that I'm outlining here, I completely stole, right? I took it from a guy named Steve Krug, K-R-U-G. Oh, sure. Great book. Uh, Yeah. He's written a pair of books that are great. The first one's called Don't Make Me Think, which is about website design. And the second one is called Rocket Surgery Made Easy, in which he outlines the usability testing process that he goes through. And that's how I taught myself how to run usability tests. I read his book. And it's the kind of book I like. It's big font, lots of pictures. It's only about 100 pages. You can read it in two hours, but it's fantastic. So what you do is you go get three. You get them off the internet. I usually use Craigslist. We pay them 50 bucks a pop. We bring them in one at a time. I prefer to use people who are outside of the market. And the reason I prefer to use people outside of the market is because I want them reacting to the website. I don't want them to bring any knowledge that they might have about the station from baggage. Yeah, yeah, from being a listener. So I prefer to use people if people who are completely unfamiliar with the station can figure out the website. People who are actually listeners are going to have no problem with it. And in my experience, a rock listener it does not use websites differently than a hip hop listener or a top forty. Like it's all the same. I've only ever I think thrown out one test because clearly the person was just crazy. (laughs) That uh, happens. It does happen. And honestly, we have started conducting these website tests, especially during the pandemic, over Zoom, though I still do prefer to, it's just easier to do it in person. Oh, absolutely. And plus people don't want to travel or go out these days. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do it over Zoom, but there's always always some little extra complications. But what you do is one at a time, you sit them down. Yeah. And you pull up the radio station's website. And the first question you ask is, what does this organization do? 
And what you're hoping they're going to say is, oh, it's a radio station. It's 88.1 and they play rock music. And blah. But often they don't know. And I've actually had a radio station where the tester was looking at the site for 10 minutes before they figured out it was a radio station that they were looking at. And part of that depends on the name, right? If you're 88.1 WKRP-FM, yeah, okay, it's a radio station. If you're the hawk, go for the mountain. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's coffee. I don't know. Then the next thing we'll ask is, where is this radio station? And you'd be amazed how many radio station websites do not say the name of the city that they're in. Because Good we point. all live yeah. in the same city when we hear the radio station. We don't yeah. have to say it on the air over and over because everybody's in the same place. But on the internet, that's not true. So you need to tell people where they are. And then we'll say, okay, if you tuned into this radio station, what would you expect to hear on it? Hopefully they can figure out the genre of music. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. And then we'll ask what type of artists or names of artists you might hear. And that's where it can get tricky because what a lot of radio station websites are doing is they have that slideshow on the homepage. I hate that slideshow. If there's one thing I would like to just ban from the radio industry, it is the slideshow on the homepage. Because, first of all, nobody's sticking around long enough to see multiple slides. And really what the slideshow does is it settles fights in the building. Because you've got the salesperson who wants the car dealership in there, and you've got the promo director who wants the street team of parents at Dunkin' Donuts in there, and you've got the music director who wants whatever C-level band is playing the 200-seat club this weekend up there. And see, you just, you're like Oprah Winfrey. You go, oh, you get a slide, and you get a slide, and you get a slide, and you get a slide. And everybody's happy, because everybody's on the homepage now. But it's, a, it's terrible from the listener's point of view. So my first suggestion is pull out that slideshow and treat that space like a billboard by the highway. What would you put on the billboard to instantly convey in a single image what your station is all about? which is probably your core artist. So if that's Elton John and Pink, put them up there and, you know, what, whatever it is. So that's one of the things that we offer. The next question we'll start to ask as we go through the website is we will ask them to look at the main menu of the website. And we'll say, don't click on anything in the menu, but go through the menu one at a time and tell me what you would expect to see if you did click on that. And they'll go, okay, home, that takes me to the homepage, fine. And they'll say, listen live, okay, I know what that does, listen live. Contests, I know what that is. Concerts, okay, those all work great. And then they'll get to something that says on air. And on air could be anything, because everything you do is on air. Your commercials are on air, your DJs are on air, your music is on air. So it's not really clear. What most websites mean by that is DJs or shows, And that's much better verbiage. Some of the mistakes that we see in that main menu is that we will often see verbiage that makes sense if you are familiar with a radio station, but not if you're not. So maybe if you call your email club like the VIP list, Mm -hmm. say VIP list in the main menu, which won't mean something to somebody who's not that familiar with the radio station. And so it's useful to either say VIP club, VIP list email club or something like that to what it is. Good point. Shifting gears just a little bit, Seth, one thing that's really happening, and you know this better than most of us, is the constant reality of another round of budget cuts. It's it's just nuts. And I know you've got a plan for how individuals can take control of their online presence. And if you wouldn't mind, why don't you recap some of your key points? Yeah, so I think this is important. If you are an on-air personality, and let's face it, these days... 
on-air personalities can find themselves out of work for reasons that have nothing to do with their performance. It could just right. be a Wall Street maneuver. Hey, we need to spin off the station. See ya. And the whole thing gets sold. So I think everybody, no matter how well you're doing as an on-air personality, needs to line some things up and have some things ready just in case the worst case scenario happens. So first and foremost, get a website. They're pretty easy these days. Go and register your your name as a domain. I have sethwrestler.com. Go get whatever your name is or whatever the name of your show is. If you think that you would stay with your same show, should it not continue to be affiliated with the radio station. And throw a website up. It's real easy these days with things like Wix and Squarespace, tools that make it super easy. I like WordPress because it's free and easy and WordPress developers are easy to find. But you don't have to spend a million dollars to have a website these days. What you need up there is a simple bio, a headshot, use one that's more recent than mine. (laughs) It's on my to-do list. And as soon as I lose the COVID 20 pounds that I gained, I will get another headshot. But put that up there. Put your air check demo up on that website, your social media links, things like that. So get that all lined up and ready to go. Get your social media profiles in order, including LinkedIn. Don't forget about LinkedIn as a place that you need to update and have something ready to go. But obviously, Twitter and if you've got a Facebook page or you're on TikTok and all that, and YouTube as well. YouTube's a great place to put your air check demo on just have there. SoundCloud, you can throw an air check demo up there as well. It's actually not hard to find my air checks from over the years. If you know how to Google, you can hear me back in WBCN like 20 years ago, stuff like that. All right. (laughs) Seth, you said that radio stations can gain traction with their advertisers by conducting webinars just for them. How does that work? Yeah, so I like this. I'm still a fan of webinars. They still work. They still work for us at Jacobs Media. Basically, the idea is what you're trying to do is capture people's email address. You're trying to build an email list that allows you to send stuff to people. In this case, we're talking about potential advertising clients for the station. And so start to make a list of the questions that your sales team hears over and over again. Maybe it's something like, so how do Nielsen ratings work anyway? Or how do I write a great 60 second spot or whatever? Uh, And then create a webinar around it, which means create a PowerPoint. These things don't have to be long. Don't feel like this has to be a 45 minute lecture. 20 minutes is going to be fine. And just walk through it step by step. And then it's easy these days with the webinar software. I mean, for a long time, we were using a go-to webinar and there's WebEx out there, but Zoom has allows you to do webinars pretty easily too. And so host a webinar. I think the most important part is go find a partner on it. And a partner is an organization that is targeting the same people that you're targeting, but is not your competitor. So obviously, Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, Chamber of Commerce is a great example, yeah. right? Or if there's a hospitality industry or this sort of trade group or that sort of trade group in your organization, or maybe there's a, a monthly business journal in your city, team up with them. You know, what you want in that partner, you want them to have an email list, okay? Because basically they're going to bring all the people to your webinar and you'll then capture those emails. But then you're going to provide the content. And what they get out of it is that they're providing some valuable content to their email database. And so it's a win-win for both. Yeah, I think I love that strategy. The always amazing Seth Ressler with us today. Somebody you'd love to hear from, we'd love to hear from you. Suggest a guest. Email us, show at brandwithondemand.com. And if you like what you're hearing or finding value, please tell a friend. And be sure to give us a five-star rating wherever you download this podcast. Coming up, Seth shares some opportunities that many may find hiding in plain sight. 
Hi, this is Dave from Music Master Scheduling, here with another Music Master raving fan. I'm Lori Pearson, owner and programmer of Lori Radio. As the industry standard, Music Master has allowed me to achieve something I would not be able to do without them, which is operate professionally and properly programmed 24-7 independent radio station. Ready to become a Music Master raving fan? Get in touch at musicmaster.com slash sales. Hey there, Kipper here. Why settle for run-of-the-mill station merch? Or worse, none at all. Radio Swag Shop is the better way to build your station's brand with timely, turnkey merchandising. No upfront costs, no service fees. Provide the artwork, promote it, they take care of the rest. Custom branded merch for your fans at prices you set. Reinvest the profits for other giveaways or even fundraisers. Spring is almost here. You ready to turn up the heat and skyrocket your station brand? Click the link in the show notes or just go to radioswagshop.com forward slash kipper and get started today. Opportunities hidden in plain sight. Brand with on demand. We're with Seth Ressler, the wizard, really, at Jacobs Media of all things digital and really non-traditional. Thinking, Seth, about the entire radio industry, what's one opportunity that you see that's hiding in plain sight? So I want to come back to the thing that I was talking about when we first started our conversation, which is this community marketing idea or this community building concept. I think there's a real opportunity for radio stations to build community from within their audience. And I think what we're really talking about are communities. I think the audience as a whole is too big to be a single community in most cases. I think you've got to look for communities within that audience. And the reason why is for a community to be a community, we talked about creating a space where people can gather. And those people, once they gather in that space, they have to want to talk to each other. So they have to share a common interest. But we often, when we're talking about radio programming, talk about, okay, we've got the A-level thing that brings all the people to our radio station, which is usually the music. And then we've got the B-level thing. So if you're running a rock station, maybe it's craft beer or it's football or it's Harley Davidson bikes or whatever it is. Look at those things that you may already be talking about on the air to some degree and say, how can we build a community around that? I think there's four things that go into building a community. One, a live event of some sort, which you may already be doing. Let's say you're already doing a local music battle of the bands that you do every year. Great, there's your live event. I think two is virtual events. And virtual events are not substitutes for live events. They supplement live events. So maybe we do a maybe we do a webinar like we were talking about and we have a record label rep in one and this is just for local bands and we have a promoter for another and we have a manager for another and it's a series of webinars to engage those local musicians to help them develop their career. I think three, you create an online community and there's lots of tools to do that now. The two best are Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups. So build a community for local musicians there and let them gather and talk and connect with one another. And then four, create content. And you may already be doing this, especially let's say you're a rock station and you already have a one hour local music show that you do every Wednesday night at midnight. Great, you're done. So, you know, really, you could have half the work done for you. You could already have the live event and the content in place. And now it's just about, great, let's do a series of virtual events and let's create an online community, something like a Facebook group where these people can gather. And when you do that, you are creating a space where that community can gather and they can talk to each other. And once you figure out how to do that once, 
then I think you can start to repeat the model. So let's say, great, we've done this successfully with local musicians. Now let's do it with craft beer drinkers or Harley Davidson riders. And the other thing I like about this is that obviously the sponsorship opportunities then become really obvious. It's really obvious who would be interested in sponsoring your local music community. It's going to be your guitar centers of the world. Harley Davidson community. Gee, I don't know, maybe Harley Davidson. All sorts of activities. Good point. So yeah, I think that's, that's a space I would love to see radio explore in the coming years. Our thanks to Seth Ressler. He is amazing. You'll find more about Seth and his blog and more in the show notes. Just scroll down on your phone. As always, our thanks to exec producer Cindy Huber and to Hannah B., our associate producer. And coming up next... It's Kramer and Jess from Mix 106.5 in Baltimore, and we are on on our next episode. Jess has got some really encouraging words for women that are getting started in this business. Plus, do not take a radio job until you listen to this one piece of advice that I have for you. That's next time. On Brandwith On Demand. That's a wrap, Kipper. What you should do is write every day. No, really, write a promo every single day. We'll talk about it in one minute. Martin, I think it's in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brandwith be wide. Your station played out the 80s, never liked the 90s. Finally, a solution for weekends that your audience is going to love. Throwback 2K with me, Chris Cruz. Preview of America's first tribute to the early 2000s now at throwback2k.com.